Welcome to Solo Travel Adventures, my sisters. Don't let fear hold you back from traveling alone. I want you to gather your courage, listen to inspiring stories, and learn how to travel solo while safely navigating new places from this show. I'm Cheryl Esch, solo travel advocate and travel coach, and I want you to have a transformative experience when you travel solo. So pack your bags, book your flight, and check one more time for that passport. It's time to explore the world. Hello, sister travelers. Well, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Now, that's a tough question for me because growing up, I would definitely have categorized myself as an extrovert. I was a performer. I did stage productions, whether it's theater or dance and singing, and I was often considered the life of the party, right? But I have found as I am getting older, I lean more towards being an introvert or at least half and half. I know I need that time uh, to be alone, to process, to reflect, and even more so, I've noticed I truly enjoy traveling solo, maybe because of that. I'm not sure, but maybe that's why um, introverts like to travel solo. I mean, maybe that's you, but extroverts can travel solo as well. And there are many places that offer uh, so much for each personality, whether you like to be around tons of people and, you know, go to big cities and enjoy the, the nightlife, or maybe you prefer being alone out in nature. Um, today's episode, I'm going to highlight a few places that are highly recommended if you are an introvert, right? Extroverts, you got plenty of opportunities out there. You can find a big city like New York or Paris and just enjoy it, right? And feel like you are just in your element, right? Because you're surrounded by people. But maybe as an introvert, you don't care for crowds too much. So these places I'm going to mention, I have six that I'm going to talk about. There are many more, but these kind of stuck out to me as places that um, do not have crowds. And there's lots of space, so to speak, uh, for that alone time or solo time. Um, So let's get into it. The first one is New Zealand. Um, Believe it or not, New Zealand has more sheep than people. (laughs) So I guess if you like animals, you like nature, um, there's a lot of wide open spaces in New Zealand. And the southern part of the island is actually less populated. So you can explore that. And the Kiwis, they call them the natives of New Zealand are very friendly. So even if you find yourself, um, you know, somewhere with people that live there, the natives that they're going to be really friendly to you as a solo traveler. Um, I also like the idea of New Zealand because as an American, um, they, they speak our language, they speak um, English, even though they have a really interesting and very enticing accent too. So New Zealand might be a place for you to go. 
Number two, this is something I'm actually trying to plan to do, is the Camino. Now there's a couple different routes. Camino de Santiago is the most popular. It starts in the French Alps. It works its way up the northern part of Spain and you end up in Santiago. It's a 500 mile walk and it takes approximately 35 days is just an estimate depending on how fast or slow you walk. There's also the Camino de Portuguese. There's two routes there um, that one goes along the coast and one goes more on the in inland part of Port- Portugal. Um, and that could also take, um, oh, just depends on where you start. If you start in Lisbon, it's going to take longer. If you start in Porto, it's roughly, um, I think I estimated it might take you about 10, 12 days or so for, from Porto to Santiago along the Portugal coast. Now, what's so lovely about that? There's so many solo travelers doing that walk that you are going to run into other people, but it is known that the Portuguese routes are less traveled. So you're going to see less people. So if you want to see less people, maybe try that one. The Camino de Santiago in the summer, uh, particularly this past summer, was super busy. And so if you're, again, not really into crowds, then you can choose to go kind of maybe on the off season or just um, just don't go in the summertime uh, if you don't like crowds or you don't want to be fighting and worrying about where you're going to spend your your evenings. So that's a great way to uh, people use this as a pilgrimage to kind of uh, reflect and to be alone. So it is also a great place for introverts. Number three, uh, Finland. Finland is Ooh, it's cold in the winter and that's what they recommend is if you go in the winter is when you're basically going to have, uh, especially the capital Helsinki, you'll basically have it to yourself in the winter time. It's, it's a glorious winter wonderland up there. Um, the Finns, those are the natives, are in general really reserved people. So they're not going to be, um, you know, inquiring maybe about your travels so they will likely leave you alone but they're very friendly as well so if you like the cold you want to maybe experience a, a winter wonderland and go maybe during that December uh, time frame um, you will have the place to yourself it will be very cold so you'll have to dress warm um, number four Mongolia maybe you've never considered Mongolia but there's some um, Russian over on, uh, you know, that over that way, there's countries that are starting to, um, be recognized and more people are going to them. But Mongolia is very, uh, it is the most sparsely populated country on the earth, but it has a uh, glorious open skies, very barren landscape though. Um, so you can, uh, they recommend that maybe you try to stay with a like a host family there to get a true experience of Mongolia. So if you really want to experience a culture and but you want to be away from crowds, maybe Mongolia is where you want to explore. 
Um, number five, uh, Bhutan. It's a small, secluded, mountainous nation. And it's getting a little more popular. People, again, are starting to recognize it. Um, the cities are not congested at all. Now, there's two very popular um, places that people go when they go to um, this country. The one is the Tiger's Nest Monastery. And you have, I think it's a pretty steep hike um, to get up there. I would love to go to see some monasteries. Again, it's a great opportunity if you're more of that introvert, um, that more reflective kind of journey there. Um, there's also the Punka Suspension Bridge. It has very few tourists and it would be very amazing. It's a um, 525 feet long suspension bridge. That would be an adventure. That'd be quite um I'd be a little daring, and hopefully if you're not afraid of heights, you might actually attempt that. Um, number six, bringing us uh, to the States, is Sedona, Sedona in the U.S. Now, this actually, um, it depends on when you go, right? Um, but Sedona is known for its beautiful red rock landscapes, right? It, in itself, it has a calming energy about it. There's lots of um, yoga retreats that happen in that area. So if that's something you want to go to, you can certainly find a retreat center there, whether it's yoga or maybe just a wellness retreat center. There's so many in the area. Or maybe you just like to enjoy nature and take some hikes in that area. Um, maybe spend the evening at a fire pit with a glass of wine the least, um, it's least busy December through February. It can be a little chilly at night there. Um, you may even consider November or March if you don't like uh, colder weather because those are going to be a little more, um, the weather's going to be a little more enjoyable on those two months. Uh, but don't go in the summer because that's going to be really, really hot. Okay, so those are six places that I recommend and that is recommended actually through another site called Discover of places. They have a list of, of tons more, but I picked these because I thought these really made sense. These, some of them are places I'd like to go. Um, and even if you are not an introvert and you want to experience some of these places and see what it's like to not be in crowds, um, then go for it. Um, but these are six places where you can obviously find less crowds and find some alone time for yourself. It's not a bad thing to travel solo. It's a great time for introspection. It's a great time to get to know and love yourself while you are on this journey and to even understand who you are through the process and grow and just develop new skills while you are on this journey. So get out there, ladies, and do some solo travel. Hey, sister travelers, did this podcast inspire and encourage you or move you to get out there and travel? Wonderful. There are three ways you can thank me. 
First one is leave a written review for the show on Apple Podcast. Two, share the show with your sister travelers, your friends, your family. And three, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And thank you again for listening to the show. Sisters, be fearless, take the leap, and get out there and have an adventure.